if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land, we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Bob Fratz Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed. Hour number two underway now at nine minutes past 10 o'clock. Thanks so much for being with us on AM 1420. The answer. Thanks again to Congressman Bob Gibbs, who joined us last segment. Don't forget, at the bottom of this hour after 1035, I'm going to play for you in its entirety uh, President Donald Trump's comments from three years ago uh, at the press conference after the violent clashes in Charlottesville. Yesterday, Joe Biden used the nomination of Kamala Harris as his running mate to repeat the lie because it was also the third anniversary of the Charlotte um, violence that resulted in the death of one woman. And so Joe Biden decided to play the I'm not a racist, he's a racist card in order to eliminate or try to obfuscate from his own racism and his comments, of, of course, over the last several weeks. So that'll be coming up at 1030. But for now, it's 1010. And that means it's time for on a Thursday. So it's time for Dr. Everett Piper, who joins us on AM 1420, The Answer. Dr. Piper is a past university president. He is a radio host in his native Oklahoma. He is also a columnist for The Washington Times and a best-selling author to boot. Dr. Piper, good to have you. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Bob. Thanks for having me on, as always. Always a pleasure, good sir. Um, I want to start with Jerry Falwell, Jr., Um uh, Dr. Piper, he is, of course, the president, officially still, even though he's on a leave. He is the president of Liberty University, a university, of course, uh, that is uh, was founded by his father. It is a university that is home to many evangelical students, in fact, tens of thousands of them. It's one of the largest universities on campus and online uh, in America. And Jerry Falwell Jr. is on a leave of absence for, apparently, among other things, uh, an insensitive, if not outright indecent photograph that was posted on social media of him on Instagram of him with the assistant of his wife, a pregnant lady who is standing there with her pregnant belly exposed and the top of her pants unbuttoned because she's pregnant and she can't button the top of her shorts. Jerry Falwell Jr. standing next to her has his shirt up exposing his, uh, shall we say, um, I don't want to describe it. I don't want to be too too uh, harsh on the guy here, but his protruding stomach as well and the top of his pants unzipped as well. One might look at that 
and say, well, he's just being funny with her and he's uh, showing some empathy. I feel you, baby. I, I can't zip my pants either. Look how look how big my stomach is. But Dr. Piper, his explanation for the photo compounded the problem, and I want to let you hear this before you respond. Uh, I'm just going to throw it to you. What was up with that picture on Instagram? You know, it was weird because she could she was she's pregnant, so she couldn't get her she couldn't get her pants up, and so <laughs> I was like trying to like my I had on a pair of jeans that I haven't worn in a long time, so I couldn't get mine zipped either. And so, <laughs> and so I just put my belly I just put my belly out like hers, and it was just um. She's my wife's assistant. And she- All right. Uh, that was on a radio show explaining himself. Um, I don't know if he thought he was doing himself some good there, Dr. Piper, but I'm going to let you take this away. You are an evangelical as, well, evangelical as well. You probably have some of the same circle of friends that perhaps Jerry Falwell Jr. has, and I know you are not pleased with what you have seen transpire here over the last two weeks. No, I'm not. Uh, this isn't the first time, by the way, that Jerry Falwell Jr. has gotten himself in trouble with photos. Um, he's actually settled out of court for uh, photos that were taken of him and his wife that, um, let's just say, he didn't want them out there in the public eye. Mm-hmm. So there's a problem here. Let, let me start out by saying this. I gave my entire professional life the evangelical Christian college community, the Christian liberal arts philosophy, its ideals, the ideals of the high ivory tower. And those ideals are 1,000 years old. The president of a university is supposed to stand as best he can for those ideals. He's supposed to be an exemplar of the highest achievement, the best ideas of Western civilization. You're supposed to carry yourself with a with uh, dignity and decorum and integrity and honor. And I'm not saying that every human being that's been the president of a university, myself included, is perfect, but I am saying that you are obligated, you are obligated to carry the banner, carry the mantle, carry the mace of the university with that integrity and with that decorum. And Jerry Falwell Jr. falls far short of that. And had I ever even come close to doing anything remotely similar to that. My board of trustees would have had no recourse but demand, but to demand my immediate resignation. And that would be, of course, if I didn't have enough character and if I wasn't a man enough to offer my resignation before they asked for it. This is a fireable offense. And as you know, I actually tweeted, only five words suffice. This man should be fired. And I firmly believe that because he has compromised the dignity and the ideals of the institution that he is charged to represent. Leadership brings with it an obligation. The New Testament tells us, the Apostle Paul tells us, not just pastors, but lay leaders, those that are responsible for leadership within the Church, and the Christian college community is a branch of the Church. I would argue that Catholic universities are a branch of the Church. You are obligated to the highest standards of leadership, the Apostle Paul even tells us that, that you have to be above reproach. And I ask everyone listening right now, is standing there, showing your exposed belly with your pants unzipped, with a woman exposing her abdomen with her pants unzipped, you have what you are facetiously calling quote-unquote black water in your hand, and your other hand is around the bare midriff of this 35-year-old woman. And you posted it. You chose to post it. (laughs) There's everything wrong with this story. And, Bob, here's the other thing. 
um, he's mocking trailer park people because the theme for this party was trailer park boys. I didn't know what that was. I had to go look it up and do some research. It's a debauched comedy sitcom TV show movie. Trailer Park Boys is a, is is grounded in sexual nihilism, bisexuality, and trailer park trash, quote unquote. Well, I come from humble means. My mom and dad actually lived in a trailer park for a period of time, and I don't appreciate them being mocked. That even of itself is wrong. Why in the world does he know what Trailer Park Boys is in the first place? Why is he having a theme party? Uh, celebrating, if you will, and laughing and maligning and mocking this whole thing. And why are you standing there with your pants unzipped? Why? Why? I just have to ask why. You, <laughs> you, you, uh, you've got me on the uh, on the, uh, the the theme party. I did not realize that, and I've never heard of that show. So that's very interesting. And I agree. That, that is in poor taste in and of itself to have a themed party, a costumey type party, uh, you know, aimed at trailer park trash, as it's referred to. Let me ask you this in the spirit of devil's advocacy vis-a-vis cancel culture. One thing that we on the right, what I believe to be the moral right, uh, the conservative Christian right, uh, that we really despise about the American left is their willingness to try to get people fired for mistakes or for perceived mistakes um, rather than, um, you know, rather than just allowing the situation to resolve itself. Uh, are we not engaging in a cancel culture type move here by saying he can't apologize and make this right? He's got to go. I, I've been asked that question. You're, you're not the first one to challenge me on that. In fact, the, the, uh, aside from the I hope you don't take it as a challenge, by the way. It's really more of a devil's advocacy because I agree this, this looks very bad. It's bad PR for the university. It's bad for evangelicals everywhere. So I, I don't disagree with you. But again, just from a devil's advocacy point of view. Okay, and fair enough. The, the body of Christ, the church, should hold itself to a different standard than the world. And one of, those, one of those things is we hold ourselves accountable, and leadership should be held responsible and accountable for a higher, a higher ideal, a higher standard, a higher, a higher bar, if you will. And if we lower that bar to the world standard, then we cannot claim to have anything really to offer to culture other than what those who are non-believers bring to the debate. Here's my point. Forgiveness, I've asked people, people have asked me, well, what about forgiveness, the Christian responsibility to forgive? If the man apologizes and confesses and repents, aren't you, uh, and repents, aren't you obligated to forgive? And my answer is yes, forgive after you fire him. Now, why do I say it that way? It's because leadership brings responsibility. In the book of Hebrews, the Apostle Paul tells us in Hebrews that the Lord disciplines those he loves. Discipline and love are not antithetical. They're not opposite of one another. They're actually complementary of one another. The Lord disciplines those he loves. In other words, if God loves you, he will discipline you. There are consequences for your behavior because as iron sharpens iron, you need to be sharpened and you need to grow through, through realizing the consequences of your behavior and accepting that. Any good parent knows this. Any good parent knows that if you're going to help your son to grow, he's going to have to realize there are consequences in his life when he makes a bad decision. That's not antithetical to love. That's not opposite of forgiveness. That's holding people responsible for being men and women of integrity and teaching them to behave accordingly. So forgiveness, I, yes. 
but there are still consequences. I had to wonder as I looked at that photograph the first time, and again, he's holding a cup, which looks like it's alcohol, a mixed drink, or whatever it is. Whatever he says it is, it's fine. But I, I just thought... Maybe he had a few too many. Maybe he and uh, his his wife's assistant, uh, you know, he looked at her pregnant belly and said, oh, I feel your pain, and just threw his own shirt up saying, look at mine, and blah, blah, blah. Maybe he was just a little bit drunk. But what I don't understand is the explanation. That's why I played it for you, Dr. Piper, on the radio. He sounded drunk on the radio interview. He, he, Absolutely. He, he didn't sound contrite. He just sounded like, uh, what is this? I, I put on a pair of jeans and old jeans that I've worn a long time, and I couldn't fit them on. I couldn't even get my zipper undone. What is that? He sounded drunk on the radio. So you talk about compounding your problems and your mistakes rather than appearing professional and contrite and apologetic. He offered the lamest excuse possible and, again, sounded like he wasn't necessarily sober at the time. Exactly. And you use the right word. Uh, he offered an excuse, maybe an explanation at best, but that was not an apology. That was not confession. That was right. not repentance. I completely that, there's a difference. Completely concur. Uh, Dr. Piper, no, hold that other thing because I want to take our time out here and I want to devote a little bit of time in our final segment to Kamala Harris. I know you've got some thoughts on the new candidate for the vice presidency if Joe Biden is to win. But I think we need to examine this woman as a potential president because of the condition of Joe Biden's mental state. And I'll get your thoughts on that when we come right back on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 1024, we've got six good minutes left with our friend Dr. Everett Piper joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. Dr. Piper, uh, Kamala Harris is a moderate. Just ask leftists. Got it? Uh, yeah, it, it's kind of bizarre. She, she's been rated uh, as the most liberal, left of Bernie Sanders, the most liberal senator in the United States Senate, and that's over the gold standard, the socialist Bernie Sanders himself. And yet the the, uh, the mainstream media yesterday spent all day trying to say she's a pragmatic moderate, and uh, uh, she comes from the center of the Democrat Party. Oh, my goodness gracious. Go ahead, doctor. Oh, I, 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 again, um, she has voted with Bernie Sanders 92% of the time. 92, 92% of the time she has voted with Bernie Sanders, a communist. Okay, so she's a moderate. She voted against the, the Born Alive Infant Protection Act. In other words, she voted for infanticide. That a child who was born alive as the result of a botched or a failed abortion attempt should not be protected by law. His or her life should not be protected by law within the United States of America. That's Kamala Harris. 92% of the time with Bernie Sanders. She's voted for infanticide. And I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Some people are staying away from this one. But how did she rise to political prominence and popularity in the first place? Where did she come from? Well, when she was 29 years old, she started dating a man that was 60 years old. 31 years older than her. Willie Brown the most powerful political broker in the state of California. She started sleeping with Willie Brown. She used her sex and she used her bed to gain political prominence and power. That's just a fact. Willie yep. Brown says it. Willie Brown says it. This woman is a moderate? Oh, my land. And uh, here's my other thing, Rob. Okay. If people, think, if people think she's running for the vice presidency, think again. Because within five minutes after winning the election, they will declare Joe Biden to be unfit to serve 
and the vice president will become the president of the United States by fiat. And I don't think that's hyperbole. I don't think that's exaggeration. Joe Biden is losing it. He's losing his cognitive capacities. They're just hoping he makes it to November. They're just hoping. And if he wins, I, he will not serve out his first term. Agreed. He may not even serve out his first month. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll be five minutes, I, but I think it'll be within the first year. And I think it will be obvious because he is simply incapable of, of continuing on as the, as, the, as the president. Two things in response. One, uh, you mentioned she voted with Bernie Sanders 92, 92% of the time. She's worse than that. GovTrack U.S. tracks all U.S. senators, Dr. Piper, with an ideology score. 1.0 is the most conservative on the scale. 0.0 is the most liberal. Bernie Sanders came in at 0.2. Kamala Harris came at 0.00. She literally is more liberal than Bernie Sanders, more liberal than Elizabeth Warren, more liberal than all of the rest of them in the uh, United States Senate. So that's pretty important to recall. And then, you know, let's let's take a look at her moderacy and her positions. You mentioned infanticide, well uh, pointed out. She's co-sponsored the Green New Deal to get rid of all oil and gas uh, consumption and use in the United States of America, a $92 trillion uh, socialist communist dream. She, she is for a ban on fracking. She is for Medicare for all, which is socialized medicine. She wants to defund the police. She uh, is for sanctuary cities. She is against a border wall. In what possible way can anybody, even in their... Their attempts to help the ticket spin her as a moderate. Why doesn't yeah, embrace who you are and roll with it, right? And she has no soul. Here, evidence that she has no soul is this: she actually called Joe Biden a sexual predator and sexual harasser during the primary. Mm-hmm. When she was asked if she believed the women that were accusing Joe Biden of sexual harassment, sexual impropriety, and sexual uh, misdeeds. She said, quote, unquote, I believe the women. She also has accused Joe Biden of being a segregationist. So she just sold her soul for power to run on the same ticket with a segregationist and a sexual predator. She has no soul. Well, that is a very good point. And, you know, and, and the race part of that needs to be brought up, too. She essentially called Joe Biden a racist without using the word racist when she pointed out his affinity for and his defense of segregationist senators during his time in the United States Senate. Uh, and then, of course, the fact that he opposed himself busing of black children into white schools or white neighborhoods uh, because, in his words, he doesn't want his kids to grow up in a racial jungle. She brings all of that up and then says, I'm proud to stand beside this man and run for president with him. You're right. No soul, no morals, no, uh, you know, no true core beliefs. And, and also, here's another story that everybody needs to remember. I'll be very quick on this. And that is, during the debate, she said that should she be elected president of the United States, that she would give Congress 100 days to enact, to legislate, reasonable gun control laws. And then she said, if they fail within that 100 days, I will take unilateral executive action to do it myself. Joe Biden responded to her and said, well, excuse me, that's not constitutional. Her response was she laughed. She literally laughed when Joe Biden said it's not constitutional. Where in the Constitution does it say the president can take over unilaterally if the Congress just doesn't do its job well? It doesn't say that. She doesn't care. Very, very uh, correct, and she is very, very dangerous. And again, she needs to be vetted and viewed as a candidate for president, not for vice president, which normally doesn't move the needle in presidential elections. But she can, and if uh, Joe Biden is elected, will be 
president of the United States and every one, not just the Second Amendment, but every one of the amendments in our Bill of Rights will indeed be in jeopardy. Dr. Everett Piper, always good to catch up. Thank you, good sir. We'll talk to you soon. Blessings. All right. It's 1030 now. We'll get news. And on the flip side, I've been promising you this audio. Joe Biden yesterday in his introductory press conference with Kamala Harris repeated the Charlottesville lie. His attempt to say, I'm not the racist. Trump is the racist. And I'm going to expose it for its dishonesty and its disgust. Coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. There are two sides to every story. There's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth. You are experiencing the truth. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. All right, I'm going to have to depart a little bit from uh, the the plan here to take phone calls because I want to deliver on what I've been promising for the better part of the program today. So please, if you're on hold, I'm going to beg your indulgence here. This is important, and it needs to be said yesterday during the press conference in which um, Joe Biden introduced Kamala Harris to the country as his running mate, Um, he decided to also point out that yesterday was the third anniversary of the terrible, violent clash in Charlottesville, the one that ended up in the death of a 32-year-old woman because of some nut job driving a car into a crowd of uh, of, uh, uh, protesters. So we all know the story, or at least most of us remember the story of what happened three years ago. It was a, uh, there was a protest that was being held in Charlottesville to oppose the removal of a statue of Robert E. Lee. That's it. It was just a protest against the removal of the statue, which is completely, in and of itself, nonviolent and very benign, Right. But because the group that filed for the permit to have their protest, which was the Keep the Statue group, because they were doing that, Antifa decided, we're going to show up there and counter-protest that. They did not have a permit to protest. This needs to be pointed out. So you had some people who were there in Charlottesville Some just to protest and say we need to keep the statue where it is. Others to protest saying it's got to go that had no affiliation whatsoever with far right or far left groups. Violent groups like neo-Nazis or skinheads on the far right and Antifa on the far left. They were just people there to express their opinion on the removal of the statue. What happened, though, was the violent clash that when you do have the neo-Nazis and skinheads coming up against Antifa, which brought weapons to the protest and uh, proceeded to have a massive attack on one another. Again, it led to a death, a terrible situation, one in which President Trump was forced to address or one that he was forced to address after the fact. So I'm going to play for you yesterday's recounting of that event by virtue signaling Joe Biden, who decided to repeat the lie that Donald Trump actually praised white supremacists and neo-Nazis. This is Joe Biden yesterday. That didn't didn't work nearly as well as it was supposed to. Apologies for that. Let's hit the right button this time. My apologies. Uh, This is... um, This is Joe Biden yesterday at his press conference introducing 
uh, Kamala Harris. It's also the third anniversary of that terrible day in Charlottesville. Remember? Remember what it felt like to see those neo-Nazis? Close your eyes. And those Klansmen, white supremacists, coming out of fields, carrying lighted torches, faces contorted, bulging, veins, pouring into the streets of historic American city, spewing the same anti-Semitic bile we heard in Hitler's Germany in the 30s. I want to pause there just to point out how utterly full of bovine excrement Joe Biden is. Um, there was nobody there chanting anti-Semitic uh, statements. The idiots on the far right, the neo-Nazis or skinheads or alt-right white supremacists, whatever you want to call those individuals, were there over the Robert E. Lee statue, not about Jews or Germany. Remember how it felt to see a violent clash ensue? between those celebrating hate and those standing against it. It was a wake-up call for all of us as a country. For me, it was a call to action. My father used to say, silence is complicity, not original to him, but he believed it. At that moment, I knew I couldn't stand by and let Donald Trump, a man who went on to say when asked about what he thought, he said they were very fine people on both sides, quote, very fine people on both sides. No president of the United States of America has ever said anything like that. That last statement was the only accurate statement in Joe, Bo- Joe uh, uh, Biden's remarks. No president in the history of the United States has ever made a statement like that. And it's true because no president has said that, including Donald Trump. What you need to hear and what you're going to hear now is the actual, in its entirety, audio from the president's press conference in which reporters grilled him on what happened, which, again, was in no way, shape, or form what Joe Biden just described. It wasn't people who stood for hate fighting and clashing with people who were against hate. Antifa is... Far, far, far more of a violent organization, which we are seeing play out in American cities right now every single night, than any of those skinhead idiots on the far right were. And remember, they were there to protest over a statue, not to fight. Antifa showed up spoiling for the fight, which happened. And this is what President Trump said after the fact, in full. I think there's blame on both sides, and I have no doubt about it, and you don't have any doubt about it either. And, only and, 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 and if you reported it accurately, you would say. They showed up in Charlottesville to protest. And you had some very bad people in that group. But you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. You had people in that group, excuse me, excuse me, I saw the same pictures as you did. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue and the renaming of a park from Robert E. Lee to another name. George Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down, excuse me. Are we going to take down? Are we going to take down statues to George Washington? 
How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down the statue? Because he was a major slave owner. Now, are we going to take down his statue? So you know what? It's fine. You're changing history. You're changing culture. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that. Did, did you hear that? Do I need to play that part again? And I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. Does this sound like he is calling neo-Nazis and white nationalists very fine people? I'm talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly. Now, in the other group also, you had some fine people, but you also had troublemakers, and you see them come with the, with the black outfits, and with the helmets and with the baseball bats, you got a, you had a lot of bad you had a lot of bad people in the other group too. There were bad people on both sides. There were neo Nazis and there were white supremacists there. Yes, there were uh, Antifa, black clad, helmeted, ready for war, weapon carrying Antifa there, who by the way did not have a permit to be there as well. Those were very bad people on both sides that did engage in violence. But as President Trump clearly said, they and they only should be totally condemned. But along with them were people who were not affiliated with far-right white supremacy groups who were just there to say, leave our history alone. They came there by themselves and were also caught up and victimized in the violence. There were also people who were not Antifa, who said, I just don't want statues, uh, historical statues like this, particularly if they are affiliated with the Confederacy in our city park or in our state park. They were just people on the left and people on the right who were there to peacefully say, keep the statue. No, get rid of the statue. Those were the fine people on both sides President Trump was talking about. This was so important to get this out. That even CNN and Jake Tapper did a segment on it, playing a clip of President Trump's remarks that I just played for you, declaring very explicitly that President Trump did not praise neo-Nazis and white supremacists as very fine people. This CNN panel did this whole story, and they were complaining about Joe Biden. Last April, not this past April, April of 2019, Joe Biden was repeating that lie again. And CNN came out and condemned Joe Biden for saying something that Donald Trump did not say. Well, did Joe Biden learn his lesson? No. He came out yesterday and repeated the lie again that I played for you before. I mean, liberal organ it doesn't get any more liberal than, than CNN. Liberal organizations have come out and said this needs to be clarified. You may not like Donald Trump, but Donald Trump did not praise white supremacists and neo-Nazis as very fine people. Joe Biden is lying. But yesterday, Joe Biden had no choice because Joe Biden has been exposed over the course of the last several weeks for his racism for his insulting comments about African-Americans, his insulting comments to African-Americans. 
not to mention his history of support for segregationists and his opposition to busing, his belief that, you know, somebody like Barack Obama is pretty unique when he comes along because he's the first clean and articulate African-American to come along and run for president. I, I mean, this guy's racism is deep-seated and well-recorded, and it's going to hurt him with black voters. So on the day of the introduction of his quote-unquote black vice presidential choice, again, she's not black, she's uh, part Jamaican and part Indian, uh, so there's not a lot of African in this quote-unquote African-American that he chose, but on the day of this woman of color being announced as his choice, he's in trouble with black voters already, so he has to turn around and play the Trump's the racist, not me. I'm not the racist Donald Trump is. Remember when he said this? Except that he never said that. Even, again, CNN, Jake Tapper, The Hill, I mean, all kinds of left-wing news organizations said this is not accurate. This is simply not true. He never called neo-Nazis very fine people and, in fact, did just the opposite. He very specifically condemned them and said neo-Nazis and white supremacists should be condemned totally. Not partially, totally. And yet Joe Biden shows up on the scene yesterday with Kamala Harris at his side and repeats the lie. I hope that the moderate voters, real moderate voters, not phony moderates like they call Kamala Harris, real moderate voters who just don't know what they want to do with this election, keep that in mind. Joe Biden thinks nothing of your intelligence. He has zero respect for your ability to discern facts from fiction, truth from dishonesty. He cares not about any of that. He'll say whatever he has to get elected, just as Kamala Harris will. She said just a few short months ago that she believes Joe Biden's accusers. He's been accused of sexual assault, and she said, I believe him, and then stands next to him and says, I love this guy. Think about that. She said just a few short months ago that he's a racist because of his segregationist policies. Now stands there next to him and calls him a champion of of minorities. They will say or do anything they can to be elected, and I hope everyone recognizes that. We'll be back with the final segment after this. Okay, final segment of this Thursday broadcast. Appreciate you being with us. Uh, Let's get a few phone calls in here before the top of the hour and the end of the show. It's Mike in Lakewood. You're on AM 1420. The answer, Mike, go right ahead, sir. Yes, I don't know how you can say that uh, Joe Biden doesn't have mental faculties when you have a President Trump saying things. Last year, he said that George Washington and the Continental Army recaptured airports from the British during the American Revolution. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and there are verbal gaffes uh, that happen to almost every politician when you speak Including as much Biden. as. Well, but Joe Biden has done this for 45 years, and he is an absolute mental incompetent. If you do, you, are you honestly telling me, Mike, that yeah. when you listen to him speak? 
not just like ma- making a misstatement about something, you know, which again is going to happen. I do it on the radio. I, when you say thousands and thousands of put words publicly a day, you're going to trip over some things. Yeah. You're going to you're going to forget some things or whatever. It's mm-hmm. going to happen, and you're going to say wrong things. But when you listen, it's not just like you know the misstated word here or there. When you hear him fumble and bumble around as to where he is, as to what city he's in, as to as to uh, one thought to the next, uh, when you hear him try to quote the Declaration of Independence and then mix it up with the Constitution, when you hear all of these things, well, you don't you, you haven't seen it. No, you see, you're, yeah, you're, he does all the time. No, he doesn't, Mike. You're you're yeah, you're, you're Mike, Mike, about, Mike. You're telling me. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me ask you one last question. Okay, let me. And then give you an no, no, Mike, stop talking and listen. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, Picture Joe Biden eight years ago. Okay, now think about things that he said. Think about think about the way he presented when he was the vice presidential nominee, or actually twelve years ago, vice presidential nominee for for Biden or for Obama, and so on and so forth. Think about the way he spoke publicly then, and compare that to today. Don't compare him to Donald Trump. I'm going to talk about Joe Biden then to Joe Biden now. Can you honestly tell me you haven't noticed a significant cognitive decline in his presentation and his ability to keep a coherent thoughts together? Would you say it's a cognitive decline if someone were very recently to say there were no anti-Semitic statements made at Charlottesville? You're 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 refute. You're you're you, nobody said that, by the way. You Mike? just said that on the radio. You said there were no anti-Semitic statements. No, there. I did not. That's not why they were there. They were there. Excuse and, me. And, excuse me, Mike. Mike, take your no, take no, no, your no. no no Mike 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 take no, your lying. take your you liberal head out of your liberal rear end and answer my question. Joe Biden from 12 years ago to Joe Biden today have you not noticed a slippage in his in his cognitive presentation yes or no now no okay thank you i I, if you want to keep your head buried in your rectum that's your prerogative and that's okay but but at least to answer you said no you haven't noticed any slippage maybe maybe we're wrong maybe he's always been this cognitively impaired and we're just now noticing it but the vast majority of people who are analyzing Joe Biden in this way, including liberals, have acknowledged and admitted that he does not sound like he, he is, quote, on his game. That he has lost a lot of his ability to remain focused on his topic and the subject at hand, etc. Even liberals have admitted that. But you don't want to, and that's okay. It's your prerogative. Uh, Wade, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Wade, I've only got a minute, but it's yours. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Real quick. Uh... With Kamala Harris becoming president, if because I know that's what they're doing, because Joe Biden won't make it. Um, right, right. With her dad being from Jamaica and her mom from India, was she even actually born in the U.S.? She was. Yes, she she's okay. an American citizen. Yeah, that's that's something a lot of okay. people have said. Yes, yeah, she's qualified to be the president uh, in that regard. You know, she wasn't born in Jamaica or born in India. I do not believe uh, her parents came here, and she is an American citizen. So that's not that's a non-factor. Now. Is she an American patriot? That's another story, because I do not believe uh, that that applies to Kamala Harris. She wants to help take this country apart uh, in the same model that AOC and Bernie Sanders and the rest of the socialists slash communists uh, are trying to do. Uh, thanks so much for the call. Thanks to everybody. Thanks to uh, Congressman Gibbs. Thanks also to Dr. Everett Piper. Thanks to Andrew. Thanks to Marcy for running our show. And thanks to you for being a part of it. It's a free for all Friday tomorrow. Make sure you're back with us then on AM 1420. The answer. Have a great day. Enjoy the silence.